Hello and welcome to another episode of Cafe 21. I'm your host, Ross Crawford, and in the hot seat today, we have another very special guest. Our guest today is a lead consultant in sport and exercise medicine at the Institute of Sport, Exercise and Health. And we're also very excited to have him as a keynote speaker at the inaugural STGC event. But first, he joins us now on Cafe 21. Welcome to the hot seat, Professor Mike Woosmore. Yeah, How are you? Nice, nice, nice to talk to you, Ross. Smashing. So you know the drill, you've been briefed, so it's three questions and three answers. Are you ready? Yeah. Cool, smashing. Now, firstly, you uh, you have a lot of experience across multiple different positions at the NHS, elite sport, and the private medical sector. Um, so do you want to tell the audience just a little bit more about what you do? And you can talk about all the many roles that you seem to, to, to take part in. Yeah, uh, I work in sport and exercise medicine, which means that we are using... Um, we are looking after on the elite side, elite athletes, uh, treating their injuries, trying to get them back uh, into sports uh, better than when they came to us. We're looking at different ways of treating injuries and improving recovery to improve the level of sports and to improve the, the endurance of the sportsmen that we deal with, uh, not just within a game, but within their career. Uh, we can then use this to help the general public uh, if they have injuries, because you don't have to be a sportsman to, to damage your, acromia, uh, your anterior cruciate ligament. You don't have to be a sportsman uh, to have a, a pain in the groin. And we can use the, the stuff we've learned with elite sports to help the general public through the NHS and through private medicine to get better quicker. And the other part, which is the exercise medicine stuff that I do, which is using physical activity to, uh, to treat disease. So that might be to lose weight, uh, to improve your diabetes. Uh, we do a lot of work with cancer patients, both in prevention of cancer, in uh, during chemotherapy and radiotherapy, and also post-cancer therapy when people have been uh, told that they're in complete remission, but still feel terrible because they've had uh, chemo, radiotherapy, and maybe a big operation, so they're very deconditioned. And we found that reconditioning these patients makes a huge difference to how they feel. Is it very much a sense of not just the recovery, but also trying to prevent these diseases? Is that what a lot of your research uh, involves? Yeah, a lot. there's a lot of research out there on preventing disease through physical activity. I mean, we are physically active, you know, that we are designed, we've evolved to be physically active. So, and it's really only the last hundred years, particularly the 20th century, where we looked at labor-saving devices and we, you know, we were continued producing labor-saving devices. And we've come into the 21st century, having been incredibly successful at reducing our labor and we've now discovered that actually we're not doing hardly any physical activity at all. I mean, 15% of the population is considered inactive. That's doing less than 30 minutes of moderate activity a week. And we're not designed to do that. We're designed to do, you know, 25 kilometers of walking a day as hunter gatherers. And that's what our body is happy doing. And that's where the body works well. And as soon as you start getting below that, then things start to, to go wrong. And if we can increase our physical activity again in the, in the world where we are, where there are a lot of labor-saving devices, then 
the population as a whole will be fitter and healthier and happier. Yeah, well, I hope so. That's some fascinating stuff, actually. Um, uh, moving on slightly, just shifting gears to one of your specific roles, which is as the British Olympic boxing team doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, even travel that's involved traveling with a squad to big events, making sure you're on top of everything uh, in terms of preventing injuries and yep. uh, you know recovery with the boxers. How how difficult is it in a sport like boxing um, to stay on top of the injuries and making sure you're staying on top of the condition of the fighters um, in such a traditionally violent sport? Yeah, uh, traditionally controlled sport. Uh, I wouldn't say it's traditionally violent sport. Um, the the trick has been over the years we've managed to get the squad to all train together in one place. It's all based up in the English Institute of Sport in Sheffield. And it's the long-term monitoring of their physical and medical conditions over time, which allows us to go to competitions in a, in a really good state. And that's everything from monitoring their mood, their muscle fatigue, uh, obviously looking after their injuries. Uh, crucial to that is their nutrition and making weight properly because obviously boxing is a weight controlled sport. And we know that if they can make weight and maintain weight uh, in, a, in a good way, then they, they don't get injured as much. And for me, a successful event will be we take all the boxers to a championship and they have no niggles. There's not even a niggle there. So you're taking a doctor and a couple of physios along who hopefully will do nothing for two weeks. And if we do nothing for two weeks, then that's been a successful competition. What you don't want to be doing is treating chronic, you know, back pains, wrist pains, shoulder pains during a competition. I mean, obviously, you do get acute problems, which you do with any acute uh, sporting event. But they're the things you want to be treating, not chronic stuff. So we try and get all that sorted out before you go to a big competition like an Olympics. Now it's- fascinating stuff as someone who's followed boxing for so long I think uh, any boxing fans watching will be interested in the behind the scenes of how the doctors treat the fighters and how they prevent injuries and things like that so fascinating stuff now uh, your final question um, we've, you've even found time to conduct your own research and do your own projects um, and you've been in the this line of work for like a good couple of decades now so you've seen the real evolvement of technology over the years yeah um, yep. particularly in this industry so how has technology evolved um and enabled you to continue your own work and conduct your own research and work on new projects. Yes, I remember uh, <laughs> when we went, I think it was the 2006 Commonwealth Games when the team turned up with laptop computers and everybody thought that we were very advanced because we all had our own uh, computers to look at. But the thing that's, uh, you know, technology has advanced extremely quickly. And the thing that I'm most excited about at the moment is we have a, an instrumented mouth guard this is a mouth guard which will measure as a traxial accelerometer and a gyroscope in it, a battery and a transmitter and an aerial. And this will transmit the data of the movement of the head to a receiver uh, at ringside. We've already used this in rugby union and, and football and in boxing. And we've this allows us to know what has happened to the head and, and subsequently the brain. And we're getting some really fascinating data that's coming from this, which is going to help us help to inform about what what head injuries are, what brain injuries are, how they occur, what's what's a dangerous punch, what's not a dangerous punch, when should we be concerned, when should we not be concerned, and also changing rules. You know, if we change 
you know, we, we removed the head guards from uh, men in amateur boxing and found that we got fewer knockouts. And I think that this sort of technology will help to inform, inform us why that has happened and how that has happened. And because this data is real time, you're getting it as it happens. This is this, you don't have to analyze it for a week and then get a chart of what's happened. This is real time data. This could really help the doctors at ringside and indeed the coaches and judges to know exactly what's going on in the ring and hopefully make boxing much safer because they, the referee could be alerted if there was a, a dangerous blow that happened. And also it would help the ringside doctors post bout to treat the boxer if they've had a, a particularly bad blow. But also over a, a boxing season, same with a rugby season or a boxing career, you would know how many blows you'd had and if these were dangerous blows and if they might cause you long-term brain issues. So this is, for me, this is the most exciting thing that's happened to us technologically in boxing. And uh, I think this is, this is going to be the future of uh, the way the sport goes using this technology. Oh, that's, that's amazing stuff. As you allude to, I think the health of boxers and the health of athletes has never been such a hot topic in sports as, as it is now, particularly in boxing and rugby and football, the concussion uh, mm. laws and rules implemented this year are um, finally put in place. Um, but that's all we have time for, for today. Um, we hope to hear a lot more from you and you, Professor Mike, in the, in the future, especially at the STGC event. I think it'd be amazing to hear your insights and um, hopefully we can chat more about this kind of thing in the, in the future. So thank you very much, Professor Mike, for sitting in the hot seat today with us uh, on Cafe 21. Uh, we wish you well for the future here at STGC and we'll see you soon. Right. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Cafe 21. You can catch the visuals to the Hot Seat Collection on our YouTube or on our IGTV page at STGC 2021. And tickets for our live conference are now live on Ticketmaster. Check out our website, sportsdeglobalconference.com for more information. See you there.